0: To the Mini Break Podcast, your daily round of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, November fourteenth, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And it has been just a hell of a work week. I I mean, I don't know about all you folks listening in on this lovely Thursday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're tuning in, but uh, it's it's been a brutal work week. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the podcast talking about the sport that I love. You know some uh, some sad news today. The Bryan brothers announced that they are retiring at the 2020 U.S. Open. Uh, you know, always sad to see some of our, you know, oldest and you know most beloved tennis players, uh, you know, starting to retire. I know in the next couple of years, a lot of us are going to be saying bye to some of the the players that we grew up watching. Uh, that is, if you are my age, which is you know a young 23. Uh, but I know someone else who is quite sad and, and got to see them, uh, you know, at work today. Speaking of work, uh, is you know the, my co-host joining me today, and that is Tennis Channel's Kale Hammond. What's going on, man?
1: Yo, how's it going? Yeah, it's crazy it's about the Bryan Brothers. They uh, they were here at Tennis Channel today, uh, and now they announced their it wasn't a retirement. Just keep in mind, it was their final season. So, you know, they're still kicking, and it's a good move. It's right. just exactly like the Kobe um, farewell tour,
0: their yeah, version they, of they that. Gave a, they gave a year's
1: notice. Yeah, they gave a year's notice, and, I you know, I think they they realize that they're not going to be able to make the prize money anymore. So let's just, you know, up the market value on our appearance fees because all these tournaments definitely want to pay to have the Bryan Brothers play, you know, their last tournament, this, this calendar that they're going to pick out for the year. Um, these tournaments are definitely gonna want to have them so good business decision by them
0: I feel like they have to have been making enough prize money I feel like these guys are still making No, they're
1: loaded you know. but at the same time like you know they've got they're gonna <laughs> live a long
0: time they're healthy dudes they
1: look pretty good I think they're gonna live for, you know probably at least a hundred it would seem like barring catastrophe and and yeah and it's a good move by them just jack it up just uh, increase their demand
0: yeah I mean people will will definitely be excited for the the brian brothers farewell tour and uh, you know I'm, sh- I'm sure everyone uh it's gonna be a good year for for doubles I'm, I'm sure people will be tuning in more to that than they usually do but uh I-, I think you know given like i said long work week you got to see them at work which is a nice little treat for you but let's hop right into the tennis craziness today um you know gruskin and and i think uh Sikoyak definitely blew it or excuse me, and, and Jamie definitely blew it on their betting predictions. Uh, Gruskin texted last night saying, "Yo, let's go uh, parlay Nadal and Zverev." And I was Gruskin and I told is him, so damn stupid with these parlays. Or, sorry, Medvedev and Zverev. I know he. he it's loves a the parlay, stupid man.
1: idea. If you, it's the dumbest thing I've ever. Parlay is just lighting money on fire. Why? Just so much extra. risk. So much extra risk you're absorbing. You're you're a freaking analyst. You deal with risk all the time. How would you hey, like to do some analyst. parlays in your work? What would your boss say about that? Let's just—I think we just parlayed a couple of these deals together.
0: Well, you know, it, it's funny because from my end, as as you know, we're we're getting too deep into my work, but uh, as the debt providers, we're kind of like the the odds makers in a way, right? We we love portfolio deals because give us all the assets, let's put them all together and uh, diversify. So we we like it from from our end. So we're we're like the bookmakers in a way. Um, so yeah, keep, keep betting on parlays, people. We're, <laughs> we're, we're happy to do that. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're Gruskin, you know, that made, made two, uh, two wrong choices. I, I honestly, you know, Medvedev should have won this match and, and maybe that's just where we will we'll jump right on in. So West off. you know, let's, let's start off here with our, our little sound effect. Um, this match, you know, I, I totally thought Medvedev had, and, and obviously he should have won, you know, this is a match that, he uh he ends up losing in a in a tough tough third set uh was up 5-1 in that third set 40-30 you know pretty uh fun point and then you know it all just kind of went downhill from there he loses 6-7 or excuse me 7-6 3-6 6-7 Nadal just an absolute warrior out there i know you got to write an article uh on this match kale i mean just give me your thoughts this is you know probably one of the matches that we'll talk about for a long time
1: yeah yeah it was honestly it just medvedev seemed a little toast mentally you know he's up he's up 5-1 he has the match point and he was just not in a good spot mentally he was missing like he had a sitter volley that he missed and then he points to his coach like thumbs up like hey thanks for the game plan thanks for the advice cuz yeah You know, it's like, dude, it's not the coach's fault. You're, You're choking. Like, that's on you. And it was, it makes sense that he's at the end of the long season, and he's probably ready to pack it in. I can't imagine how exhausted he is. But mentally for Medvedev, that was not his strongest performance. And it's understandable because, you know, this is his first real year. He's played more tennis than anyone on the year. He's won more than basically anyone on the year, and you know he lost to an all-time great because he wasn't quite ready to close it out. Who knows if he even wanted to close it out? I mean, it was it was not the hardest, you know, hardest, the best mental performance I've seen from him for sure. I was I was pretty shocked at how easily Nadal came back because once it was five-one, it's not like they had like these epic games. Like Nadal just beat the out of him and won, you know, and won, you know, five straight games and then went to a tiebreak and then won the tiebreak.
0: Right, I mean, and, and that's the the weird part. Oh, but, I mean, I will say I've I've been in matches where I've been up, you know, in that second set or third set, a couple games, and you have that match point and losing it. I mean, it is it is tough to bounce back and mentally say, all right, forget it. I know you almost, you know, you were you know, for all you know, one forehand away from walking off the court with a W. Uh, it, it is definitely a tough mental battle to get back into the match and just you know, shrug it off like nothing ever happened, but. And, you know, even harder to do so against, you know, Rafa, who just is so relentless and, and never gives up. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, he, he did just seem weirdly unMedvedev medvedev like with, you know, kind of the the talking and the, the thumbs up to the coach. I mean, we, we've seen him as this kind of stoic, mentally strong guy the whole year. And, and, you know, you might be right. Maybe it is due to the fact that it's late in the season. But uh, definitely uncharacteristic for Medvedev. And I'm pretty sure this uh takes him out of the the running to to make it into the semifinal rounds.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, um yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, it's really complicated, but but um it, yeah, Medvedev is not, Yep.
0: No, that's that's his second loss, so he's gone. now officially, yep, officially out uh, of the running for the semifinals. This group uh is interesting though, it, you know, with with Nadal now having one win. Uh, same with Zverev, you know, with, with their matchup, uh, it's going to come down to, you know, an interesting array of, of wins and losses tomorrow. But, uh, let, let's move on to the other match, unless you have something, anything else to say about, yeah, I just want
1: to say about, about the Medvedev, you know, giving that mental lapse performance. Nadal totally acknowledged it too. He said, he said, this is, this is the type of match you win one out of a thousand times because he wasn't playing well and he was able to come back and win six in the third. Um, and so you know he just he just knew it. He he knew that he said me, congratulated Medvedev on an unbelievable season, but he knew that uh, Medvedev mentally wasn't his best, and he knew he should have lost the match. And he was just saying one in a thousand. So Nadal always puts it in great perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Nadal obviously has been in yeah you know, similar positions, so uh, he he knows exactly what it feels like. But it again just a, an uncharacteristic. Performance mentally from Medvedev, and uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be thinking about this one for for a little bit. But moving on to the Tsitsipas and Zverev match, and you know, you thought after Zverev's you know first win over Rafa that he was gonna. I don't know. I think we the were guy expecting a. you think you thought Zverev was gonna win? No, I didn't. I actually I told Gruskin, you can look at our texts that. Uh, that was the match that I, I really didn't like in the parlay. I, I think Pass looked really good uh, against Medvedev, and you know I, I wasn't so certain about it. And, uh, Zverev's streaky man—you you never you never know with him—and uh, you kind of I mean, granted, Pass played freaking amazing, uh, but Zverev just couldn't—you know—didn't couldn't bring out the the big forehands like he did against Rafa, and uh, you, you didn't see him bring out the weapons like. He had been. Um, I'm not sure if you saw something something else there, but uh, it, it just seemed like he, he wasn't you know as quite on it as he was against Nadal. Sitsipas played incredible, and he would have won that match probably regardless of
1: how Zverev played. I thought before the match, Zverev was going to win because his last three matches at the ATP Finals, he beats. Federer, Djokovic and Nadal all in straight. sets. Yeah, he's
0: beat all of them now.
1: So I right. thought he was just on a roll, you know, some places in tennis, there's certain courts that you grow up playing at, there's certain venues that you like. There's certain places that you just play better. And it seemed like he just played amazing at the ATV finals. And I thought he was gonna take care of Sitsipas indoors. He can step up, rip the backhand line. But yeah, Sitsipas, that guy's the guy's gonna be tough to beat. You know, he, he looked he looked good. He's moving really well. Competed really well, serving a lot better. Zverev served, man. He needs to, you know, work on that. Get his shoulder stronger in the offseason. Do a lot of shoulder work, leg work, core work, and just like, dude, you can't, you can't win these matches with the, with your patty caking a 90 mile an hour second serve in. That's too soft. You're gonna be, you're gonna be on defense. And as much as he likes playing defense at that level, you know, Zverev's not Andy Murray. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be number one in the world because of his defensive skills. He's six foot six and he ropes the ball. So if he doesn't start playing to his strength <laughs> pretty soon, you know, it's interesting. But I will say, at his peak, at all of their peaks, when they're all in the zone, I think Zverev still can play at the highest level of all of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a big statement. Um, I, when they're both, when they're all playing
1: well in the zone, and, and that's not what tennis is about. Tennis is about your base level. But mm-hmm. when they all are firing on all cylinders. Zverev's firepower and his court coverage and his serve is just, and his shot-making, too, is just insane.
0: No, nah, it, it might be unparalleled. You might you, you might be right. I mean, I'm just
1: saying peak level. But that's not what yeah. tennis is about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like I, that's what I'm agreeing with. I think just the, the, the backhand firepower, the forehand firepower, the way you can pull people off the court, I mean, you, you're right. It, it might be uh, the best of them. But like you said, not enough to – to rely just on that peak moment, um, a, th- a few a few interesting things. pos you know, winning his debut first two matches here, uh, he he's in a select group of people who have done that previously. In twenty eighteen, Anderson. In twenty seventeen, Dimitrov. You know, interesting. Dimitrov wins his first two matches and goes on to win, uh, that year and then. Before that, it dates all the way back to 2009. Soderling did that in his first two matches, uh, and then you go back a few more years: 2008 Murray, 2007 Ferrer, 2006 Blake, 2005 Davidenko, and and then you know all the way back to 2002 Federer. So, joins an elite crew, of, you know, of people who uh, won their first two rounds at the, the the finals. Another interesting thing, just now that this group has such a uh, you know, array of, of possibilities for who can make it. Uh, tomorrow On Friday, if Nadal and Medvedev both win, then Nadal becomes the one seed and Tsitsipas is the two. If Nadal and Zverev win, then Tsitsipas is the one and Zverev gets the two. If Tsitsipas wins and Medvedev wins in two sets, then Tsitsipas is one, Medvedev is two. If CC POS wins and Medvedev wins in three, then CC POS is one and Zverev is two. And the last, the last option is if CC POS and Zverev both win, then CC POS and Zverev go one and two. Does so there's anyone like... else
1: think that that's totally stupid and they should just play, start at the quarterfinals, just go one through eight, three matches, have the tournament start on Friday, have it end on Sunday, give these guys a freaking break and just like call it a day like those is just ridiculous they haven't come out with the schedule yet because they're trying to figure out who wants to play when because if you know if Nadal's on later and Medvedev loses then you know x player doesn't have to try and it's just like it's like ridiculous it's just like there's so many scenarios that can affect the quality of play just st- have them start in the quarterfinals and just play Like have it
0: at the right day I tournament. mean I mean I, I... I know Czepas and Team are both fighters, and they're not about to go tank a match. But I mean, both of them are in, and they don't really have an incentive. I mean, well, they have a hundred and thirty thousand dollar incentive uh, to win that match. But uh, you know, if it came down to it, and they needed to conserve some energy, they they really could. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, hear you. Yeah, you know, you know can't, if,
1: we'll talk about that in a second. We can talk about Dominic Team. I mean, might as well just go there now. Huh? Like. How about well, yeah, I mean, Dominic Team, dude? What a statement he's making at this ATP Finals. Yeah, his whole I mean, narrative absurd. of like his clay court only. But it's like anyone who knew tennis is like, okay, Dominic Team's not clay court only. He's just the second best clay court player in the world. But <laughs> fast courts, indoor quick courts, he wasn't that good. His results weren't that good. His winning percentage wasn't that good. But I tell you what, this year, winning Vienna... And then beating Djokovic and Federer the way that he did indoors on a quick court, shortening up his backswing, stepping into the court. I mean this guy is this guy's making a huge statement and he's you know, it's he's not a next genner. He's he's twenty twenty seven, I believe, but, but he's definitely saying like, Okay guys, I'm if you got you guys don't step your your shit up, I'm probably gonna be number one in the world when all these guys retire.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, fun fact about team, he and I share the same birthday. Uh, he's three years older than me, so he's 26. Uh, so turning 27 soon enough. Uh. 26 years old? <laughs> God, that makes me so depressed. <laughs> um, no, you're good. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the dude has played just outrageous this tournament. and
1: He's, he's already uh, the 21st all-time leader in career prize money.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's inflation for you. That is inflation. Can you imagine what Fed would have if if he his... started now? Same oh, with Joker. God. Yeah, ridiculous. Can you imagine
1: what they oh we would all have if they the prize money was like the WTA finals? Good. Oh my god! god. In heaven, do they pay that tournament?
0: The winner gets yeah.
1: four point five million. Wow, good for them. But my. God. God, that's a lot of money for a, for a yeah. short tournament. I mean, that's great, but holy crap!
0: Good old, uh, good old Chinese money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole a whole another debate. But uh, team, like you said, playing fantastic. He goes against Berrettini. Uh, you know, they're they're two and one head to head all time. The last time they played was in Vienna, like you just mentioned, where a team wins that tournament. Uh, he beats uh, Berrettini there, three six seven five six three, and then before that, uh, they actually played in Shanghai uh, at the ATP 1000 there, uh, and Berrettini won that match in the quarterfinals, seven six six four. So Berrettini, you know, knows how to play a team. It's uh, it's not like they he, he doesn't know how to to take a W off him. So uh, you know he he definitely could you know shock the world a little bit here. Can can you guess the betting line for this match? for
1: Barattini team. Oh god. Well, Teams obviously a big favorite. Um, but at the same time there's like nothing on the line. So I want to say like got to go like minus like, you know, 280 275, minus 275 Dominic team.
0: Yeah, that's close. What do you think Barattini is?
1: Uh plus Minus two seventy five plus. What does that make him plus two fifty? Plus.
0: Wow. Yeah. Plus you you have been doing this. Um, <laughs> team is minus three hundred five. Berrettini plus two forty. So okay. Really, real close there. Yeah, uh, and I think those those odds make sense. Yeah, and, I think if this was like a winner moves
1: on, I think you'd see team uh, a, a little heavier favorite. Yeah. But I agree. Berrettini beat him uh, in October and pushed him to the brink uh, in the semifinals of Vienna. So. Yeah, he can, he can play with team.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then the, the other match for tomorrow, Djokovic and Fed, you know, these two have played now, what is this, 48 times? Uh, Djokovic leading 26 to 22. You know, I think Fed's going to come out firing. I, I think he does not want to not make this semifinal round here. And while Djokovic looks really good, I don't know, something, uh, some, I feel something for Fed here. I feel like he could pull this one out.
1: What, what, what? Like, what, you have like a, did you have a sign today? Did, like, it, an angel tell yeah, you something?
0: Yeah, yeah, the God was like, you know, Because fetter, man. Because
1: Djokovic has looked <laughs> so Amazing. much better.
0: Amazing. So much quicker. So much cleaner.
1: And... I don't see it happening, and but I guess it's interesting that Joker's won four in a row. No one has ever in this rivalry won five matches in a row. So Fed's got that going for him, at least. Uh, you know, it's tough to imagine beating Federer five times in a row. It's like it's not that easy, even if you are Djokovic. Like he's still Roger freaking Federer. You got to beat him five times in a row. That's tough.
0: It is. But I think well, I
1: think he's gonna do it, man. He's just playing so much better. Like any any. I know. He's just playing playing a lot better. I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is the level that they bring is fascinating to watch and this is going to be an unbelievable unbelievable match and Federer especially the straight set factor got to love that for Fed fatigue will not be a factor. True. Um well, it could, but it shouldn't be as a factor. It would be less of a factor than a 5. And so yeah, I think I think that there's hope, but at the same time all signs point to Novak in this match.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't except know. for the I, sign a, that
1: you received from an angel while you were driving to work that said <laughs> Feder is going to win. Obviously that'd some, be amazing,
0: but yeah, I, I think I just really want him to. No one, no one needs to see Djokovic there again. Um ah god, the the odds are uh, shockingly close to the Team Berrettini. Djokovic minus 285 and Fed plus 220, you know. Uh, yeah. No, hard to, hard to bet on these.
1: Yep. Yep. Bet on Djokovic. You don't get much money back. You bet on Fed. He probably loses. Tell you what, the over is a good bet. If you got 22.5 games, just assume that Fed's going to get a set. And that's, if Fed gets a set, that's going over for sure.
0: Yeah. anyways, would love to see Fed take out the dub. Not sure it's going to happen. Um, Regardless, it's gonna be great tennis. I think you're gonna see a fired up Fed and and Djokovic knows that he's gonna come out hot. So uh definitely, you know, look forward to this match. But Kale, this might be our shortest pod we've ever done. Is there anything else that you've got on these two matches for tomorrow? The two matches we just saw, uh, the ATP tour, you know, the ATP London event in general. No, nope, no, nope.
1: I'm, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow, and tell you what, I just, I've seen some shady things online, um, looked it up, I've got God. three valid sources saying that uh, passport validity, it does not need to be six months for Mexico, my passport expires in February, and I saw like a janky website that said, you know, you won't be able to, you know, fill this out, a tourist card, because with not within six months, so I'm having a full-blown panic attack right now. So the short pause is probably better for me because I might have some stuff to figure out. If anyone knows, and you know, it's too late for that, you, you sort of didn't help my nerves at all. But <laughs> we'll see. I just want everyone to wish me luck and pray for me by the time they listen that hopefully I'm on the plane. And if not, I will be having the worst day of my life, the second worst day of my life behind when I got my fingertip cut off. <laughs> maybe the third worst day before I found out my ex-girlfriend may or may not have cheated on me with Leonardo DiCaprio oh
0: god well <laughs> those are some bad days <laughs> some, but I tell you what they make you stronger I, I almost wanted to tell West off to, to violin that one but let's leave it all in West off that, that is some some gold content cracked fans Kale clearly needs some, some prayers here so uh, if you can lend him one do it uh well actually I'm you in go, the wedding so that...
1: too. It's not like I can just F- god, miss the wedding. Like I'm in the wedding. So like if I don't if they deny me like buddy is spending at least 2 grand on new flights and uh, expedited passports and missing the trip in Cabo, stretching out the whole time, getting there on Saturday, missing the rehearsal dinner and then um, yeah, ready to rock and roll for the wedding. But my god. I mean, if you've been in a wedding before, right? Have you have you been in one yet, Mac? Yeah, uh
0: not not as a as yeah you're like a little a young you're a little groomsman. young for that
1: i just, i can't yeah. imagine you have to do too much as uh, if you're in the wedding you you get in the order and you walk down the aisle uh I'll yeah myself and, in the middle.
0: And, and you keep the you keep the uh the groom you know nice and loose that's that's the the goal
1: nah, that's the goal he's he'll, he won't have a problem he out kicked his coverage on this one he's just gonna be excited Perfect. So, yeah, well, uh, that's Got that, that, pray, pray for me, you guys. This has been fun. And uh, I look forward to watching the ATP finals tomorrow. And look, got the previews out. Read my preview for the Djokovic Federer match. Um, that was a good one. I, I, I enjoyed that. That's on tennis.com. I believe it's on the homepage right now. Um, yes, Djokovic versus Federer, part 49, a winner take all preview. Right on tennis.com homepage. It's me. Check it out, give it a share, and that's all I've got, man. I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out right now. I'm going to go to In-N-Out Burger and, uh, and eat my feelings <laughs> right now. Put me in a coma well, so I stop thinking about missing my best friend's wedding.
0: Well, it's not going to happen. Cracked fans, pray for Kale, and also while you're at it, and while we're on the topic of shout-outs, definitely check out the rest of CrackedRackets.com, our other podcast, the Great Shot podcast, the Cracked Interviews, uh, you know, a little specific shout out. We did one recently, or Groskin recently was on one with Vicky and CC Bellis, and a little shout out to CC Bellis for winning her first two matches back. Um, but, you know, kudos to you. It's a, it's a tough to to get back into the swing of things. So good job. But uh, Kale, thank you again for joining us one last time. Could not do this without our super producers Max Fliegner and Danny Westoff, who as always have a editing f- editing job. To Less do. so today though less so today that is true less sound effects less editing so um i don't want to say you're welcome because i (laughs) I need to get more i owe you more thank yous and uh than than i can possibly give hundreds of thousands as as we like to say uh but one last time for uh for my wonderful co-host kale for our wonderful super producers and for the entire team at cracked rackets kale what do we say that's a break my friend That is a break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks.